you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks, driven by Hyundai. I'm here in Arlington, Texas at AT AT&T Stadium. And trust me, everything is bigger in Dallas, including draft week, as we are just three days away until the 2018 NFL Draft. And look at that, the famous video board inside AT&T Stadium. And there it is, Move the Sticks. With Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Bucky, I think we've officially arrived, my friend. <laughs> we made the big screen in uh, Jerry's world. That's that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm going to say, screensaver for t- at least two years. Two years minimum. Uh, could be two years with an option for a third year there uh, as well. But, man, it, I am so pumped up. We are just three days away from the NFL draft. The buzz is already starting to build here in Texas. You're holding things down the fourth there in, in Los Angeles, Buck, but I know the excitement you got to be feeling out in California just as well as I am right here. Yeah, I am feeling it. I think we all are feeling it. Everyone is excited to see what this process is going to bear. So much conversation and intrigue around the quarterbacks. Can't wait till we start to see some of these names come off the board because it is going to be a topsy-turvy ride on Thursday night when the draft kicks off. All right, why don't you tell the folks what we got coming up on the episode today. We've got a jam-packed episode and a lot of ground to cover. Let's give them a little uh, tease there. What's ahead? So we're going to talk about top 10 draft buzz. We're also going to talk about day two and day three impact players. And we're going to finish up with this year's Alvin Kamara and make some bold predictions. All right, let's, uh, let's start things off. Let's just kind of go through the top 10 here. Kind of what we're hearing, what we're thinking, what could possibly happen here. Let's start right there at number one. Cleveland Browns hold that first overall pick, Buck. Uh, For the longest time, it's been Sam Darnold or Josh Allen. Uh, I I still think at the end of the day that's probably where it ends up going, one of those two guys. But uh, who knows? We could have a little surprise here when it's all said and done, Buck. Yeah, I think we could have a surprise. Uh, When we look at these two top dudes that we talk about, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen. Sam Darnold is the gunslinger, the guy that can run around and make plays, particularly in the clutch. Josh Allen is the prototype. He's big. He's physical. He's athletic. He can throw it a country mile. He can do all the things that you really want to see. But at the end of the day, whoever's making this decision – has to be very, very comfortable with the holes in both of those guys 
games. And Sam Darnold's game is obviously the turnovers. And Josh Allen's game, I need to see him have a signature game. I need to see that he can light up a defense and really push it down the field, rack up three, 400 yards, and show people that he can be the driving force of an offense. I didn't see him in the light when I watched him come through uh, at Wyoming. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting point you bring up there with Josh Allen. I, I definitely think if it's Josh Allen, the plan is let's draft the guy who we think will be the best guy two years from now. Let's not worry about it. We've got Tyrod Taylor to put in there to buy us time to develop a Josh Allen. You're buying him for what you hope he can become not for what he's already shown on tape. I think with Sam Darnold, you've got a little bit more to go off of. You've got some of those moments where he was the best guy on the field. In big moments, in big games, he lifted up the play of others around him. So to me, I I know there's a lot of buzz, different things you hear. I I tell people right now, if you call three people and ask them who the number one pick is going to be, you get four answers. I know that (laughs) math doesn't work, but that's just kind of how it is right now. There's so much up in the air that who knows? Baker Mayfield's name gets mentioned as well, Buck. But I've been kind of riding with Sam Darnold from start to finish, three days away. I don't anticipate changing that unless something I get's pretty concrete, which I don't think that's going to happen, Buck. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard this late in the game to change. I think they certainly have that conversation. If something happened at one, who would we take it to and the like. But pretty much your board is in concrete. This is almost completely done. So you really don't change unless character, the medical, um, football, medical, if those people get involved, then it can be a game changer. But otherwise, you kind of stick and pick. Just grade them on how they play it on the tape, and it should work out for you. Uh, you mentioned stick and pick there. Let's get to the Giants then because there is some question there at number two. Do they stick and pick? Uh, is it, uh, who knows, Bradley Chubb? Is it Saquon Barkley? We've mentioned those two names a bunch. Uh, is it potentially a quarterback? Maybe if Sam Darnold doesn't go one, he falls there. Or do they get out of there? First, before you think who they would pick if they stayed, do you think they'll stay? I think they will say when you check the history of David Gettleman, he's not a guy that likes to get cute on draft day. He typically prefers to just use his picks, try and find a way to get good picks, and make sure he continues to build the entire roster out. When I go and I look at the Giants and some of the things that have have been reported from there, they love the quarterback. They think the quarterback still has some time left to get it done. So if that is the mindset, the way they're operating with him in line as a starter, You can absolutely believe that everything in this draft early has to be committed to making sure that Eli Manning is a better performer this season than last season. Yeah, I I don't think they go quarterback. I I do think it's a position player. I'll say it's going to be Barkley. I'll be surprised if it isn't Saquon Barkley when it's all said and done. You believe in Eli Manning. You go out and you get a veteran tackle and Nate Solder to me kind of tells me, okay, you're trying to get this thing figured out and solved right now to win right now. Mm -hmm. So instead of trying to replace Eli Manning, you bring in Saquon Barkley to help prop him up and now you've got a nice and really enticing group around Eli Manning and see if you can't get him playing at a higher level. Yeah, I mean, I love the pick with Saquon Barkley going there because offensively I think it does alleviate some of the burden on Eli Manning. But I'm going to say when the Giants are here, they're always thinking about defense because defense has always carried them to the title. How about a defensive end in Bradley Chubb? Uh, we can talk about his personality being a little different, but when you watch him play, man, he checks off a lot of boxes. Speed, quickness, burst, uh, turning street speed into power getting home consistently to knock the quarterback down he does a lot of stuff that you like at that position I think he could be a franchise player at that defensive end spot all right now we get to the Jets who have already traded up from six to three obviously they felt comfortable with more than one quarterback had to be in love with three quarterbacks to make that move 
So they're going to go quarterback. Everybody knows that, Buck. But who is it going to be when it all comes down to it? Who is their guy? Baker Mayfield's the name you hear probably most associated Tough. with them. Josh Rosen is mix, is in the mix as well. Uh, and then who knows? Maybe Sam Darnold falls right in their lap. Man, it's, this is a tough one. It's a tough one because – my head says you got to take Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen is a guy that you absolutely think is the perfect fit in this offense, throwing around the yard. If he has some protection, he's going to be fine. But my heart says Baker Mayfield might be the right pick. Baker Mayfield is a guy that played in a unique system, a unique offense, but he tallied up a bunch of yards, played well in big games for the most part, has been productive with or without receivers. He is a guy that certainly you can look at and maybe catch a one-game snapshot, and you can write a big, big, big grade on him. The one issue that I have with him, I worry a little bit about the size and the toughness. I worry about his ability to play um, fast when pressure's around him. Can he do those things? And then I just want to see how it fits in with what Jeremy Bates' vision of the offense is. That is the trick for me. You know, it's interesting. The more I kind of look at their situation there, and I've – I've long been a proponent, as you are, of Josh Rosen there in that spot. I think it would be the right pick over somebody like Baker Mayfield, uh, who I have as the third-best quarterback in this class. I know you have Rosen at number one. The one thing I think that would help Baker, uh, the more I kind of look at that situation, Josh McCown is, by all accounts, an unbelievable mentor to young quarterbacks. So I'm not even just talking about on the field. I'm talking about being able to take Baker Mayfield under his wing and help him off the field as well. Maturity is the word that we use a lot with Baker as one of the concerns. I think a guy like Josh McCown would alleviate some of those concerns for me. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I I completely agree with all the things that you said. You're trying to alleviate some concerns, and I do believe in that scenario it would alleviate a lot of the pressure on management to get the right pick. I think both of these guys are really, really good players, but sometimes you just got to trust your gut, and if your gut is leaning you that way, I think you have to roll with it. All right, let's get to the Browns here at number four, and I want to just pose a question here to you. Let's say, and you know, we always think, okay, they're either going to get Chubb or they're going to get Barkley. Uh, you know, Denzel Ward is a name you hear floated out there a little bit. Let's just say there's a scenario where it goes quarterback, 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 and they have their choice. So it's not just who falls to them; they have their choice of those position players. Who, who should be that pick there for the Browns? Whew. This is tough. I, I think in this division, we got we always talk about building a team to win the division. I think I'm going to take the pass rush. I'm going to take Bradley Chubb. And the reason I'm going to take Bradley Chubb there because I have the opportunity to pair him with Miles Garrett, and we can really get to the quarterback from day one. His athleticism, his instincts, his awareness, his diagnostic um, skills and instincts, he just has a knack for finding a way to get to the ball. And then as a pass rusher, he's unrivaled in terms of what he brings to the table. He has a full array of moves. He has first-step quickness and burst. He can turn speed into power. Bradley Chubb is a nice prospect. In most years, he probably would rate as number one. Yeah, no, I, I like him a lot, Buck. I, I think, you know... If- I have Barkley as the number one player in the draft. Chubb is the number two player in the draft. But as we often do, you look at what package could you get of an edge rusher and a running back. I like the package better of, of getting Chubb there at number four and getting a running back at 33 or 35 versus flipping that around, taking Barkley and seeing what's left there on the edge rusher. I think you got a better combination there if you go ahead and take the edge rusher. I, I would just add real quick before we move on to Denver, though, do not sleep on, on Denzel Ward. I think there's legitimate opportunity for him there, a team that's desperate for corner help. I wouldn't sleep on that one. Uh, what, what do you say we get to the Broncos here, number five? What are you thinking here, Buck? Man, this is one that is all over the place because based on this scenario, we got Quentin Nelson, Josh Allen, Bradley Chubb, and Denzel Ward. 
available. I'm always going to opt for the pass rush over everything. I'm thinking Nick Chubb pairing him with Von Miller. I think that is a great thing for the defense. When you think about how they were really able to win, yeah, they had cover guys. They had first-run guys committed in the secondary. But because they consistently dialed up pressure, you couldn't even get to either guy. So for me, I'm going to go that route because I, de- I believe the pass rusher is going to be the best way for them to be a consistent success in that division. Yeah, and if Bradley Chubb's off the board to me, I think Denzel Ward, if they don't get out of there, I think there'll be a lot of heat on this pick. I, I think you look at a team like Buffalo – trying like heck to get up there for one of these quarterbacks. I think five and six are the two spots to keep an eye on there. Uh, if they stay, I would think pass rusher, if he's there, Bradley Chubb's gone. I, I would think you're looking here at Denzel Ward, who we've been we've been consistent through this whole process. Yeah. Buck. You see some change in, in other position groups, but Denzel Ward is the premier corner in this draft. He absolutely is the premier corner. When you look at him on tape, he's tough, he's fast, he's physical, does a great job of catching the ball when it's in his area. He can backpedal, he can bail, he can do all of the full complement of tricks that you expect the top dude to be able to do. I like the pick. I think it's a nice situation for him. Yeah, we probably need to mention there, too, if if Josh Allen is there, and as we're going through this, in this scenario, he could be there. Do you think Josh Allen is in the mix there for them? I mean, it matches a lot of things that John Elway covets in the quarterback. It's just a matter of whether or not he's he's comfortable in going back to that well once again, or if he's going to try and kick that can down the road and, and roll with Case Keenum for a couple years. Whew. Man, that's, that's tough. I think he's going to roll with Case Keenum for a couple of years. I think they're going to try and build it the right way. I think they're going to try and build it with the defense, get that defense to playing at a top five level again. And then I think they can get back to playing the way they played when they won Super Bowl 50. As much as I know they need a quarterback, remember, John Elway has already taken two bites at Apple. Ryan Tannehill didn't work out. Now you have Case Keenum coming over. Uh, Paxton Lynch didn't work I I just think that you have to be able to find a quarterback. And I said Ryan Tannehill. I meant – Paxton Lynch. Osweiler. Oh, don't talk about Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler. That's what I meant, not Ryan Tannehill. Um, But he has to find a way to get it right. I don't think you invest an early pick in that. If you're going to get it right, try and see if you can find a later pick to do it because then you won't put yourself under the spotlight. Yeah, I definitely, though, keep an eye on this pick as a potential trade opportunity for somebody to come up and keep an eye on Buffalo there. Uh, number six, the Colts, the name that I just keep hearing over and over and over again, and I, I'm kind of going with the where there's smoke, there's fire theory here. And that's Roquan Smith from Georgia. It seems like he has really, really positioned himself well. The tape's phenomenal. The off-the-field stuff in terms of the leadership is what you want from an inside linebacker. Mm-hmm. There's not many holes you can poke in Roquan Smith, and they need really kind of an alpha dog leader on that defense for the Colts. So to me, uh, I I'm to the point now if they stay and don't pick Roquan Smith, I'd be surprised, Buck. I would be surprised, too. I I believe when you look at the way they need to play on defense, they have to be faster. They have to be built to play in the friendly confines of Lucas Oil Stadium. And so I'm going to get a guy who's a sideline-to-sideline menace. Roquan Smith does a great job of making plays, and then he does have that bite in his personality. That bite is what they need on defense because, look, the unquestioned leader is Andrew Luck on the other side of the ball. But on defense, I don't know who their leaders are. Roquan Smith could very well be the leader from day one. Now you got big-time impact players at the second and third levels of your defense. Malik Hooker, when he was healthy last year, we saw what he could do. Uh, you know, one name I just definitely keep in mind here, I don't know if you've even mentioned him yet, Quentin Nelson, who is the premier offensive lineman in this draft class. The Colts, uh, look, everybody knows how bad their offensive line has been 
for the last decade. They could they could use a Quentin Nelson buck, no question about Absolutely. it. I just think with the what you're hearing out there, it's that maybe they try and get some help on the offensive line a little bit later on down the draft. They do have a bunch of picks. They do have a bunch of picks, so I do think it's a wise investment to go later down the board. I like Nelson, but I don't know if I like him enough to bypass some of these other blue chips that are up there. All right, let's get to the Buccaneers at number seven here. A couple secondary players. You know, we just mentioned Quentin Nelson. I think he could very easily be the pick here. For Nelson, just to kind of sum up my thoughts on him, six to eight. I think he goes six to the Colts, seven to the Bucks, eight to the Bears in that mix. But if they don't go there, a couple DBs to keep an eye on here at number seven for the Bucks. What do you think? Ooh, I'm going to think, man, this is a tough one because I'm weighing between Mika Fitzpatrick and Derwin James. I like Derwin's enforcer presence in the middle. Um, the way he comes down, the way he can play the run, the way he also can blitz off the edge, I think that is something that is key in today's game. But Mika Fitzpatrick does a great job of just being a baller. Corner, nickel, safety. He can do so many different things and do them well. This is a toss-up for me, DJ. It really depends on who my partner is on the other side because I want to make sure there's a compliment to what I'm doing in the back end. God, this is tough. Yeah, I, I think you could really go be fine with either one of those guys. I have them touching each other on my sequence list, so I'd be happy with either one of those picks if you're the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think these guys are both going to be outstanding pros. Uh, let's, let's keep things rolling here with the Bears coming up here at number eight, Buck. I do think this is a stopping point for Quentin Nelson if he's still on the board. I think this is the end of that little mini slide. I think yeah. he'll be gone right here. This whole offseason, right, it's been about tr- – Trubisky. It's been the offseason of Mitchell Trubisky. Get him some weapons. They did that with Allen Robinson, Trey Burton, and company. Yep. And now get him some protection. You add him, and now you look at that interior three. When you have a Kyle Long and him at guards, that's a good spot to be in. That's that's a really, really good-looking group. I like the group. I like the way they look. I like the physicality and toughness that they would have. I also like the fact that you'd be able to run the ball and offset some of the pressure on the young quarterback. But, man, it is very, very tempting to look on the other side of the ball and say, man, we have been the monsters of the midway for so long. Can we get back on track? It would be nice to be able to have a piece like a Tremaine Edmonds, a Denzel Ward, someone like that that can really make some plays. But I think in this scenario, you got to put everything into protecting the quarterback and making sure that the quarterback is right. Yeah, Tremaine Edmonds, I think this is where he kind of comes into the conversation from Virginia Tech. Start looking at him in this, uh, he's kind of in that 8, 9, 10, 11 range, I think is where you're going to see him come off the board. 19 years old, he's got tremendous upside, and you talk about the range for such a big inside linebacker, uh, outstanding player. I think this could be a landing spot for him if, if they don't go offensive line. Maybe Quentin Nelson's not there. Uh, let's get to number nine here, the 49ers, latest draft buzz on them. I mentioned Tremaine Edmonds at eight. I think, again, big option for him at nine. Spenneth is gone. Yeah, you know, I think the big thing for the 49ers, you just want to make sure you get good players. And I know you have question marks at linebacker right now, depending on Ruben Foster's situation. I think Tremaine Edmonds has to be a guy that is in strong consideration. And the reason he is in strong consideration is because he can do so many different things. He can line up off the edge and harass you as a pass rusher. He has the athleticism and size to move inside and to be a disruptive inside playmaker. I just think there's so many different things that you can do, and their system lends itself to tap into that versatility. I just think it would be a nice fit if he is the ninth pick overall. I'm with you. We get to 10 here with the Raiders. A lot of this will determine on who goes ahead of him, which some of these guys we've discussed are not going to go up that high. So I think they get a chance to, to kind of catch a falling star there. Uh, Vita Vea, the one name we haven't mentioned. Whoa, we got some music cranking up here in the AT&T Stadium. Uh, <laughs> Vita Vea, to me, would be another name I would throw into the mix. I almost, I'm glad I didn't fall over the edge here. I got a little nervous there for a second there, Buck. Might have been the Move the Six podcast with Bucky yeah, Brooks. Yeah, wow, that's funny. That's funny. 
Um, I like I like considering Vita Vea at this pick because they do need someone that's nasty and that inside passer, that inside player, because uh, he's more than a run stopper. If he can create any kind of penetration, he really makes life easy for the guys coming off the edges. Um, I like that. I really like that. All right, let. We got to the top ten here. Let's go quickly through some landing spots for some of the top guys we did not have going in the top ten or they could potentially land here. Let's start with Lamar Jackson, the most intriguing player of the entire draft. Uh, where do you think he could end up, Buck? I think he end up in Baltimore with the Baltimore Ravens. I think this situation is set up for him to have success. You have two coaches that have coached athletic quarterbacks in Marty Mornwig and Greg Roman. They run a system that has some of those elements already in it. And then you got RG3, a backup, a ready-made backup. So if you do overhaul your offense, your backup quarterback can play and you don't have to change what you're doing. I just think it makes too much sense for the Baltimore Ravens to not do it. Yeah, I'll go ahead and throw the Patriots out there. You've been talking about the Patriots for a long time. And, look, Josh McDaniels has some experience working in a different type of a setup. You look, Gosh, look what he did with Tim Tebow, for crying out loud. So being able to change and, and construct a new offense, which is, I think, what they would have to do, I wouldn't rule that out there with the Patriots. Having two picks there, 23 and 31, I would not rule out Lamar Jackson there. I would throw in the Bengals as a wild card there. How about Taven Bryant, you know, a defensive lineman from Florida who's a buzzy name? I think he could go as high as, as the Chargers. It would not shock me at all. Chargers looking for somebody there. Corey Legit going to be suspended for four games. Brandon Meebane, he's not getting any younger, Buck. But somebody inside to complement their edge rush, Taven Bryant can make some sense there. Absolutely. I think it makes it a terrific sense. I, I think when you look at him, well, here's what I like about him. I like his Cadillac first step quickness. I like his ability to really work the edges of the blocker. I like his motor because it runs nonstop. The only thing that you're trying to do is can he be just a little bit more instinctive? Can he finish plays? Can he tally the production and match his talent? He is certainly an intriguing prospect, one that we have to continue to keep our eye on. All right, last one here. Calvin Ridley, wide receiver from Alabama. We both have him as a top wide receiver in this year's draft class, and trying to find a home for him is, is kind of difficult because you see all these other receiver names getting mentioned lately. You see DJ Moore getting some love. You yes. see Cortland Sutton everybody, getting a lot of attention out there. Everybody. I think so. Ridley's the guy nobody's talking about. I think everyone is fascinated by what could be behind door number two and door number three. When you look at door number one, it is all about a polished playmaker, a guy who's an outstanding route runner, a guy who makes play after play after play. And so considering the turmoil that he – is leaving from Alabama in terms of their lack of consistent quarterback play. Who knows what kind of numbers he could put up if he had a legitimate dude throwing to him. I just believe this guy is so natural as a route runner that he's going to be a star in the league. Yeah, I think we both agree here the Cardinals is a potential landing spot there for Calvin Ridley in the first round. If not there, you look at the Ravens picking right after the Cardinals at 16. Uh, could be an option as well. All right, players that could potentially slide a little bit on Thursday night. I'll, I'll lead us off here. And I, look, it wouldn't shock me if Josh Rosen was the third pick in the draft, Buck. But it also wouldn't shock me if he got down to 11, which is where the Miami Dolphins are picking. I think that's kind of his range there. When you're talking about a quarterback who's really good enough to be in the discussion for the number one pick and he goes outside the top 10, uh, that's a pretty big slide. That is a huge slide. But look, one of these quarterbacks is going to slide. We saw it when we did Mock Draft Live on Sunday. Uh, Josh Allen inexplicably fell out the top 10, lands at my lap at 12. It could happen with one of the other guys. Josh Rosen, to me, I think he's just too talented, too smart. I think someone, someone is going to peg him as a franchise quarterback, and they're going to take him. They're going to make sure he doesn't slide too far on draft night. 
All right, give me a name of somebody you think could slide a little bit. How about Mika Fitzpatrick? Mika Fitzpatrick, the do-it-all playmaker from Alabama, is a guy who can slide. And part of the reason he can slide is because his versatility is a good thing, but it's also a hindrance because you don't know where exactly you're going to play him. Because you don't have a clear plan for it, there's, a, there's the potential to misread what he can do and to not use him properly. And then that way you get a little egg on your face. I think this guy can slide because there's going to be a run on quarterbacks um, in the top five. Just going to push him out. I'm thinking 12 would be the floor, and that's the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, that would be a heck of a pick there if he gets outside the top ten. I think you're getting somebody that's smart, tough, instinctive, versatile. Those are great traits to have uh, in a player. All right, Buck, we've been talking about what could potentially happen. I guess that would be classified as fiction. Uh, How about we spit some facts, though? Let's get to Mm. some facts here. How about some draft facts? driven by Hyundai, and this is where we're going to go to a player last year that a lot of folks missed on and made a big mistake because we're talking about Alvin Kamara, selected 67th overall in the third round of the 2017 draft. All he did is go on and win Offensive Rookie of the Year, over 1,500 scrimmage yards and 13 touchdowns. That was draft facts driven by Hyundai. So that gets us then, Buck, to the question. When you're looking at this year's draft class, and trying to figure out who's going to be this year's Alvin Kamara, you got it. I'm going to put you on the spot. You got to give me a name here. Who you got? Here we go. How about Kalen Bellage from Arizona State? And the reason I'm going to say he could be like Alvin Kamara is because a lot of people haven't really talked about him. But when you watch him on tape, there are a lot of impressive flashes. Big, fast, and physical. Does a great job of running and catching the ball out the backfield. I just felt like he was underutilized while during his time as a Sun Devil. I think this is a guy that can get to the league. Maybe he's drafted in the third or fourth round. Comes in, plays as a big combo back, and maybe, just maybe, he's the back that shows you some of that Lev Bell kind of potential as a combo player. Yeah, tr- tremendous burst in speed from Kalen Balaji. You saw a little bit of a glimpse of what he could do there. Down there in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, and you just hope you're going to get that version, a consistent version, because the talent has never been a question with him. I'm going to go to somebody who doesn't look as pretty on the hoof as Kalen Balaji, who's maybe the most body-beautiful running back prospect we have in this year's draft. I'm going to go a little bit undersized. Mark Walton mm. from the University of Miami, which has turned out more than a couple good running backs over the years. You see here on the screen, uh, oh, 1,995 yards, 26 touchdowns in his career. I like the fact he runs a little bit bigger than his size. He runs behind his pads. He finishes every single run, and he's got some wiggle as well. Did not test well. He's a better football player than a tester. Because of those testing numbers and because of some concerns with durability, I think you're going to get him much later than Alvin Kamara went. I think you might be able to get a guy like Mark Walton in the fifth round, which to me makes him a big-time steal. He would be a big-time steal. If he's sitting there in the fifth round and you're able to get him, you're talking about a guy who has starter potential, uh, does a great job of running, and you talk about, look, he's not the most explosive guy. But in terms of being a running back, a true quote-unquote football player, he is all that in a bag of chips. I like him. I think he's a really, really solid prospect. He just doesn't have enough production that, that, to warrant necessarily a bigger grade of being drafted higher. Yeah, to me, you see a little bit of, of Justin Forsett, who had some success here in this league at that size. All right, let's get off Thursday night. We talked a lot about that at the top of the show. We've got now to some of the uh, sleepers we like. Let's go to day two, Friday night, who we think could be a big-time player that's going to go on day two of the draft, second and third round. I'm going to go Sam Hubbard from Ohio State, and I've been on this guy the entire process, and part of it is just I'm fascinated by his multi-sport background, a guy that was a lacrosse player, a legitimate high-end lacrosse player in high school, makes a transition at Ohio State. 
he is super long. He's athletic. He can rush the pass and come off the edge. There you see it. He has seven sacks a season ago. I believe he's going to be a much better pro than he was a college player, meaning he's going to make more impact. He's going to deliver the kind of splash plays that makes defensive coordinators fall in love with him. Yeah, just so many defensive linemen there at Ohio State. It's just hard. It's hard to stand out from the bunch. There's so many of them. And really, Joey Bosa's little brother, Nick Bosa. Whew. Uh, we'll be talking about him soon. Absolutely, uh, he's I a went back. Terrific oh, player. He, he's not for this year's draft. But I went through and I was putting all my notes in from my notebook into my uh, computer. And I, you'd be surprised when I start going through those offensive linemen of the Big Ten. Struggle with Bosa. Struggle yep. with Bosa. Killed by Bosa. Crushed by Bosa. Can't block Bosa. Yeah, there's more than a few of those. Uh, but he's not in this draft. I'm going to give you a player. How about the guy who's going to have a cheering section? Section is going to be called the Bates Motel. I'm going to go ahead and market that for him already. Uh, Jesse Bates from Wake Forest, who's a friend of the Move the Sticks podcast, came on uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, former baseball player. We know about the background. Tremendous range from the middle of the field. He's not afraid to stick his face in there, takes good angles, needs to get a little bit stronger. He even told us as much, but he is a ball hawk, Buck. And if you're looking for a rangy free safety to make some plays, I know people I remember the, the bad play at the end of the year there for Marcus Williams with yes. the Saints, but he had a phenomenal year. Yes. I think this kid's very similar to Marcus and what we saw from him at Utah. Look, he's a really good player. We did have him on the program uh, a couple weeks ago, and I loved his demeanor. I loved his work ethic. I love how he goes about his business. When you turn on the tape, you do see a very active playmaker he is someone that has a chance i think a legitimate chance to be a consistent high-end starter for a team i'm going to ask you for your next one here i just want you to know i did not cue this up because I mean, right I now we have, music, i can't go pause. for that <laughs> yeah it's, i can't go for that and I, i'm just saying i'm asking you who your day two pick is and once you finish it i'm hoping it times up where we just hear i can't go for that go ahead. <laughs> how about rashad penny from no, San Diego no State. can do <laughs> Rashad Penny from San Diego State is my guy. And the reason Rashad Penny is one of my favorites, I just love his versatility out the backfield. Look, he can run it. He has power. Uh, flashes a little speed. Has some wiggle. Catches the ball out the backfield. Also is a factor in the return game. I mean, you're getting three guys in one. Who doesn't like that? And, look, his game is a little polarizing when you talk to scouts all up and down the West Coast. Some people like him, see him as a first-round talent. Some people like, ah, maybe he's a fifth or sixth. Regardless, what you're seeing on the screen is what he does. He puts the ball in the paint. I think he's going to be a terrific pro. I'm a big fan of his. And, in fact, on my sequence list, right next to him, I think maybe one or two spots ahead of him, I have Nick Chubb from Georgia. I think both these guys are going to be excellent players, excellent value on day number two. If you miss out on a running back in the first round, don't worry about it. Plenty of good options, and I think Nick Chubb is one of those. Some durability issues in the past, Buck, but when he's been on the field, he is the hammer. If you've got a little speed of that position, some playmaking ability, and you want somebody to come in and do the dirty work, Nick Chubb's your guy. Hey, he is the hammer, and every team needs a grinder. We talked about uh, the way teams are going to these backs by committee. At some point, you have to have the big physical back. We saw Garrett Blunt do that for the Philadelphia Eagles. Nick Chubb can do similar things. He can be that grinded-out four-minute back, the guy that kind of salts victories away. I like the production. I like the physicality, the toughness, and the resiliency to come back off that knee. There's a lot to like about Nick Chubb. Now let's move on to day three here, Saturday. Give me some impact players from Saturday. Well, you know, when you go Saturday, you know, day three, sometimes you throw some darts on some guys that have immense talent but may have trouble backgrounds. Antonio Callaway from Florida is a guy that I'm a – Kind of, I'm going to kind of gamble on. And part of the reason I want to gamble him because his tape is ridiculous. He takes some big-time dudes to task during his time in the SEC. 
has speed to burn, does a great job of making plays uh, when he gets his hands on the ball. And I really believe that if he was clean, if he didn't have character, I think we're talking about a guy that has first-round talent. I really, really am big on this guy. Let's see if he can keep it together away from the field. Yeah, it's kind of uh, it's this year's Tyreek Hill, really. You're talking about a dynamic, explosive playmaker. Uh, we'll see when some team wants to go ahead and, and take that risk on Callaway. The ability has never been questioned. I'm going to go to Ohio State, though. You talked about Hubbard a little bit earlier. I'm going to go to one of his teammates, Tyquan Lewis, who when I watch him, I'm kind of like, look, what, what am I missing here? This, this guy can move inside and outside. He wins with quickness. He can win with power. You watch him in that Cotton Bowl game. I was there to watch what they did to Sam Darnold in USC. He was a constant presence in the backfield. I think he's got the, the versatility and the explosiveness that the teams would be all over. I just don't hear his name that much. So, to me, day three, I think he's going to be a home run pick. Man, I, it, it, it's hard for me to imagine him being available on day three, but maybe it somehow happens like that because when I see him on tape, I think he's just a rock-solid defender. You talked about his versatility lining up outside and inside. That is what everybody wants in a sub package. The fact that he is a guy that consistently got off the edge there, and even though his game is a little more power-based, he's not necessarily a finesse guy to win with speed, he's an artist. And because he's an artist, he's very creative in how he gets home with the, to the quarterback. I think he's a really, really good player. All right, give me one more here. Let's go one more piece here. How about, here we go. Micah Kaiser, Virginia. Micah Kaiser is a tackling machine. Just tally up the numbers. He is one of the best tacklers in all of college football. And when you look at him play, I just love the instincts and awareness and the fact that when he hits people, they go down. And I know it's kind of easy to think, like, well, he's a linebacker. They should go down. He is as sure a tackler as I've seen in a long time. Has some blitz ability. Look, he's not going to go – early because the numbers weren't great when he necessarily tested but in terms of playing the game Micah Hot Micah Hot Micah Kaiser plays the game the right way yeah give me give me uh, instincts over testing any day of the week when you're talking about linebackers being fast when you're when you're two steps late to see the ball and find the ball doesn't really help you all that much so I like that one as well I'm gonna go to the U and a guy that you've known for a long time here long Braxton time. Berrios a wide receiver he torched your dad squad didn't oh. he, back in the day who three years Still have nightmares. <laughs> Three years. So maybe not a fan. Maybe the uh, the Brooks household is not a huge fan of Braxton Berrios, but I like what he did at Miami. You see nine touchdowns in 2017. Uh, look, he did not have a great week. I think he was injured down there in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. Did not really stand out down there. I expect a little bit more from him. Yeah. But the tape is what it is. It's good. He gets open. He catches everything. And in big moments and big games, he was the guy they went to there at Miami. And I don't know where he's going to go. Maybe he goes fifth round, sixth round, somewhere in that range. I think somebody could get a day one slot receiver that can get on the field right away. I love the kid. I've loved him since he was a sophomore in high school, since I first met him. Had an opportunity to coach him uh, at some Nike opening events. And here's what I will say about him. Yeah, he's not in terms of ideal size. He doesn't have that. But what he has He's gutty. He's gritty. He's tough. He's physical. Does a great job of catching the ball in traffic. And this year, he found a way to consistently put the ball in the paint. When you think about his return skills, plus what he offers as a slot, I think day three, he certainly will hear his name call, and I expect him to make an impact next year. All right, let's uh, let's get here to some bold predictions. One bold prediction from you in the draft before we get out of here. What do you got? Uh, let's see. What time does the draft start? Local time? Do you know what time it starts? Uh I think it's 7. I think it's 7 out here. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to say by 8.30, four quarterbacks will be off the board. I'm going to say that four <laughs> quarterbacks go within the first six picks, and in the first round, we're going to see a lot of quarterbacks go. 
a lot before in the that, first that's, six. That's strong. I, I like that. Actually, I have been said this to somebody just this morning. I said, I think the more this thing as we get closer to this thing, I think there's a real chance we do end up having four of the top six picks being quarterbacks. So I'm I'm climbing inside your brain here, especially <laughs> when you look at picks five and six, either Denver picking a quarterback or trading to a team like Buffalo coming up for one, and then pick six could be another trade spot, and that's how you get the four quarterbacks at the top six there. So I, I don't think that's all that crazy there. My bold prediction, let's stay on the quarterback theme. I don't know if this has ever happened before. I highly doubt it. All four teams in the AFC East – select a quarterback in the first round of this year's draft is my bold prediction, Buck. Wow. Wow. That's, when you look that's at bowl, it, the one shocker was – What? With, the with, one shocker is New England, right? That's the only one. Because you look at the Jets are taking one at three. Uh, Buffalo's trying like crazy to get up. They're going to get one. So that's two teams. Miami, if somehow Josh Rosen were to follow him, that, that would be three. And then you look at New England, it's time to find the next man. Don't want to wait till the second or third round like they've done in years past. They got two first-round picks. Go ahead and use one of one of them on uh, on the new Tom Brady 2.0. Or they could go in a total different direction and go Lamar Jackson like we were talking about earlier. Man, that would be very, very intriguing to see them kick the tires on Lamar Jackson and see what Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick could come up with with a talented player like that. Yeah, I think it would be interesting to see four new quarterbacks in the AFC East. That's, that's, kind of, that's, that's, that's interesting. It's not it's not that far-fetched. That's the crazy thing about this. Think, Everything's think, bigger in I think, Texas. I think Sully would say that's, that's spicy. I think you say that's spicy. Oh, yeah, he does like that word. Spicy. Spicy bowl. Spicy picante bowl. Yeah, picante. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. I, I'm, not, I'm not familiar Ghost with tech, like, the Tex-Mex picante. That's not really my thing. <laughs> I'm more of a Tabasco sauce, a Texas Pete. Um, that, that's kind of the hot sauce we put, yeah, that picante sauce. That's not really my thing. All right, we got to get out of here. We got to wrap this thing up. But I do want to encourage everybody to to listen to the Move of Six podcast, Apple Podcasts or NFL.com slash podcast. And really encourage you, if you miss any of our 360 series, you need to go check that out. Sam Darnold is the final of seven three episodes. That gets out Tuesday. So you'll have all seven there for you to listen to. We've got five quarterbacks. We've got Derwin James. We've got Saquon Barkley. We go talk to their high school coaches, college coaches, teammates, opponents. Everything. We talk to them and get deep on those guys, Buck. Yeah, and make sure you check out our videos. NFL.com slash MTS video. YouTube.com slash NFL. Also, make sure you got to watch the draft. If you come this far, you got to watch the draft. Watch the draft on Thursday, (laughs) 8 o'clock eastern on nfl network and fox make sure you get the best coverage that you can get with us yeah we've got you covered all your draft needs here this is uh it's been a fun episode here there's already buzz building here they're setting up the stage it's going to be rocking and rolling i cannot wait for thursday night to get what's here. in that swag Can't bag get here i know you got enough. a swag bag what's in the swag bag i don't have a swag i don't have a swag bag <laughs> i don't have a swag bag what i do have is a completed Move the Sticks podcast that was driven by Hyundai. That's right. Move the Sticks, driven by Hyundai. The draft is here. We made it, everybody. Congratulations, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. 
So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.